The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And, you know, every week I have a great show and great guests. And, you know, to get those guests back on my show is one of the blessings that I have, you know. And just to sit down and talk to him because I learned so much, you know. Uh, I just want to introduce my guest, former NBA player and also two-time NBA championship with the Chicago Bulls, Cliff Livingston. Are you there, Cliff? Man, I am here in living color. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, Cliff. Let's get it. <laughs> Last time I had you on the show, it was so exciting. I got so many feedback and you know, I said, I got to have you on again and again and again. Is that all right, Cliff? Man, that's okay with me, bro. That is okay with me. You know, I, I'm like this. I'm, I'm I'm about promoting the sport, you know, trying to help people understand some of the things that they don't they don't see that goes on on the court, you know, and on, on the field, you know, that we as our players and ex-players, we see and know what's going on. They think they know what's going on. Right, and I spoke to a young lady that's going to be helping me more with the show and do it better, you know, um, ever. And um, I was telling her that. I said, some things that they don't see what's going on in the locker room, or you say in the, in the um, off the field, on the court, off the court, that we see and we can talk about, right, Cliff? Oh, definitely. Yeah, and that's that's the best part about it is, you know, we we get a chance to, to spread a little bit of knowledge to people who wish they could do these kind of things, you know, be in the locker room, you know, be on the field, you know, interact with the players, and, you know, we just, that's just something that comes normal to us. And, and like I said, when, you be able to, when you're able to share with other people and let them see, you know, they think they know some things that's going on, but then when you give them the real, the gist of it, they're like, wow, I never thought of it that way. I never saw it that way. That's the part I like, educating people. Well, let's we'll start off, because you know, we're going to jump in a lot of things this week, uh, I mean, this show, but... Well, you know, last time I talked to you, you said you want to talk NBA. Uh, I'm going to throw that you start off. You know, we got these college guys. They're coming out and they're jumping in the league one year, you know, after college. Do you think that, are they ready for NBA? To me, honestly, I don't, I don't think a lot of these guys are ready mentally or physically the grind that's going to be put on their bodies. Um, you think about it. One year out of your, your, your mom and dad's house, and you're really not getting any kind of what it's like to live on your own because that first year, basically, everybody's coddling you and everybody's taking you around doing this. Your second year, you start to feel your way. By your third and your fourth year, you know, you're basically on your own. 
And a lot of these guys have not does not have life experiences. You know, um, everything they've they've experienced has been basically under protective small bubble. Because you know, they know they're going to school one year, I mean, going going to college one year, and then they're going to go to the pros the next year. Well, a lot of these guys don't even go back to class after the second semester, for the second semesters, So because they know they're going to the league. You just have to be eligible for one year, you know, I mean, for one semester. Well, a lot of these guys, if you have to be eligible for three semesters, you really got to be more responsible. You got to be places where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to do things, you know, hand in homework assignments, in order to stay eligible. Well, these guys, you know, they first year. I mean, the first semester basically is introduction to college. You don't really have nothing really big and heavy on you. So, you know, once they finish that, they they looking to jump to the league, and they're not ready mentally. What's going to be take? Because being a professional is one thing; being a player is another. Professional is understanding what your job is, knowing where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there, commitments, and, you know, all other responsibilities outside of basketball. Basketball now, you have to make sure you're in shape. You have to make sure that you understand your your craft, your position. You have to understand the plays. you got to understand the players that are around you. So that's a whole nother beast. And I don't think these guys are really ready to, to handle that. And then, yet alone, the physical grind of an NBA schedule. It's 82 games. And it's not an easy 82. It's a hard 82. Most of the college guys, even the guys who played three, four years in college, come December, they've hit that wall. And that wall is like, man, I'm, ooh, I'm, I'm tired. Then they pick up the momentum in February, March. So it's it's a, it's a tough grind. That, that middle part of the season, the toughest part of the season, for for a, a professional, yet alone someone coming out of high, out of college. And you know, it's to me, I don't think they're ready. And and then also, you look at most of these guys who come out of school early, have been injured early in their career, because their bodies are not really ready developed. Your body don't really start fully developing until you're 24. So these guys are just coming right out of high school, basically, and then coming to the pros, and their bodies are not ready. So something's going to break down four or five years down the road. Look at Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose broke down because he played that – the way he played was so hard, the schedule that they played, and the demand that was on him. Something was going to give. I don't care. He's not a machine. Something was going to give, and what he gave was his knees. And, you know, now I think he's back ready – and he's he's understanding what he what he needs to do now. You know, Chris, you said something good. I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, I know football is sixteen games, but you know, eight went home, eight went away. But we don't travel like the basketball player. Like y'all could be in one day one, and you cross the universe the next day. You know, how tough is that weather for you, you guys, to go from like playing one night one way, and then the next night you cross from the east coast to the west coast? How tough is that? Because y'all like five days a week, right? Six days. <laughs> well, we, you know, we, we, you know, it, that's what I tell people all the time. It's the, it's the, the grind of the travel that, that wears you out more than anything. That up and down in that plane. I don't care how, I don't care. You can say, well, you got your own plane, but going up and coming down, changing time zones, your body is going through a lot, and for your body to just adjust to being in, in Denver one night and then going to. Orlando the next night, that's tough. 
I don't care who you are, and it's a grind. It's, it's, it's a, it takes a physical toll on your body. And it's like I said, with the young guys, you know, it, it's going to take a, a bigger toll on them because they're not used to, to just traveling. You know, when you're in college, yeah, you get used to traveling. You travel maybe three, two, three times a week. You know, NBA, you're traveling four, maybe five times a week. So, you know, it, actually, it, it just, it's just a, a hard, it's hard to, for your body to adjust a lot of times, the different time zones, and then also the sleeping habits that you have to uh, acquire along the way, too. You know, I know there's one coach from uh, Freddie Ryan, also. he say, um, you know, you wouldn't be here if you weren't physically you know, able to be here. You know, we know you're good, but it's the mental part we want to see if you can handle that's a big thing, is it? Because I mean, mentally, you gotta know the plays. Am I right, Cliff? What you gotta do? Am I right, Cliff? Well, you 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 know what? Mentally, is under is not knowing the plays, but understanding the plays. You know, I, I mean, I tell you, say this to a lot all the time to people. A lot of these guys can play the game, but they don't know understand the game. And to know a play and to understand a play is two different things. You know, to you know, you know, you're supposed to come from here to here. But what happens if something comes in between you? What do you do? How do you go? How do you how do you stay within the play, but be able to get around the obstacle? That, that comes with experience and comes with time and understanding the plays. If you don't understand it, you you'll never understand. You'll never get get to where you're trying to go if you don't understand how to get around an obstacle. And you know these guys, like I said, it, 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 I, I love the NBA. I love what it's doing for these young guys, but I think that it's putting too much emphasis on the youth opposed to the experience and the quality of of the play. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you too. One of my questions that my listeners email me asked: How you feel how the game changed from when you played to now? I think you was kind of saying the youth they ain't you know. Is it all just show and play, Cliff? Well, you know what, though it's it's like all I, I, I the best way I can put it as is in the business world when you come out of college, you may be that hot prospect coming out of college. Everybody wants you, but you don't start off at the top. You start off at the bottom, and you got to work your way up. You know, yeah, you may get some of the perks of being you know this great um, rising star, but you still got guys in front of you who who've earned 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 their way and paid the paid the dues to get to where they are. With the NBA, is basically when I came in the NBA, I was playing against grown men. Now you come in the NBA, you playing against your peers. You know when when I came in the NBA, you didn't automatically make the All Star team. It was a lot of guys in the league who were before you to make the All Star team. Now. Guys come in, they're automatically on the all-star team. It's like they really haven't earned nothing to to be there yet. And to me, an all-star is somebody who's proven over time that they are they know their craft and they are good at their position, they're skilled at their position. And, and that's the good thing you said, because I'm looking at who you play with, Dominic Wilson, Antoine Carr, all these people we know, you know, but when you, like you say, you got the young player that's coming in and making an offer, like, who's that guy? What did he do? There was an um, argument with football that saying, why are you paying all these people first round draft, 100 something million? 
And the older guy was like, let them prove themselves before you pay them, right, Cliff? That, and and that's, that's the whole thing is you're, you're paying guys for potential opposed to performance. And to me, that, that hurts the sport because, you know, I, I'm all for people getting their money. Now, now, don't get me wrong on that. I'm all for guys getting their money. But I'm also a proponent of earning your keep, making, um, making, making your way to climb that ladder. You know, if you're already at the top, only place down, only place to go is down from that point on. Most of these guys get these big contracts, and you never—they don't—they don't work as hard. So you definitely agree with like how many years you think into that you think these players should get when they get the big contracts? Most players complain about okay, if I have a great year, a rookie year. I might get injured, and I won't be able to make that money the next few years. You know what I'm saying? You see that point, Cliff? Well, the whole thing is, is, if if you're thinking like that, you're going to get injured anyway. Right. You know, it's like anything else. If you put it out there, it's going to happen. Okay, yeah, it does happen that guys get injured. Okay. But my thing is, okay, there there should be a a limit, you know, how how the rookies get paid. I mean, there is a limit, but... The limit is so so off skewed. It's, it's ridiculous, you know. Um, if a, if a rookie pl- does well, two years, yeah, okay, you've earned your keep. You know, you can go renegotiate your contract after two years, but after one year, now, if you have a bad year, can a, can an owner go and renegotiate your contract and, and take the money away from you? Yeah. My my thing is be fair across the board. Okay, if a guy is doing what he's supposed to do and earning his keep, okay, give him a raise. You know, I'm, 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 I'm old school, I guess. <laughs> I like that. Well, what we're gonna do? Cause we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. We got more questions, and uh, I think we got some callers that are gonna call in. But before we go to the break, I'm gonna start doing a little advertising now on this show. Um, if you are looking for a Buick or GMC automobile, give Deborah a call at Woody Buick. GMC, Naperville, Deborah can be reached at Erico 630-631-6575. Deborah will help you through this buying process. So, hey, if you're looking for a good bill because GMC, because Deborah calls that number, we'll be announcing a lot of different advertising that I'll doing off the show. I got my guest on the show, so we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving. Hopefully Loving That Sports Talk. I'm back with my guests a two-time championship NBA player from Chicago Bulls, Cliff Livingston. You feel that, Cliff? I am here. That's good. So when we was on break, he was talking something really, really good. Like a lot of people out there don't understand, you know, you know back in those days when you played and now that, I mean, some of those guys that playing now the first time wouldn't even get on the court with you guys. Am I right? Yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, I was telling somebody uh, about a week ago. You know, a lot of these guys who got drafted first round, first round lottery picks, wouldn't even made the made the team, or I mean, made stepped on the floor or made a team back in the days when, when we played. You know, um, I remember two for two years in a row when I was Atlanta Hawks, our first round pick couldn't make our team, so they traded them. You know, and and that's how tough the competition was back then. You know, it was just stiff like that. Guys, because and, and you know, just because you first round pick, don't mean you're gonna be make a team. I remember my first year. I mean, I, I went, I went the ninth player picked in the draft, and I rode rode the bench most of my first my first year. I didn't really see the floor much, but one thing I did do was I made sure that when I did get on the floor, I was ready to play. You know, um, and you know, I made the best of it. But you know, I didn't I didn't get a chance to play huge minutes because I had veterans in front of me. You know, I had Kim Benson and Edgar Jones in front of me. So it, it, it's a big difference now. You know, these guys come in, already know they're playing. So, so let me ask you that. When you when you seen, like, let's talk to some of the younger guys, you know, because I had a couple of gentlemen that um, I was doing a little golf thing for, and they were at a college that, you know, looking at, I said, you look at the depth chart. You never look at who's in front. You look at you being at top, right? You never say, mm-hmm. I'm not good as him, you know. These young guys out there feel, okay, he's better than me. Like you say, you have a Michael. You know, Michael was great, but you still look at those stuff and say, you know, I'm I'm great too, right, Cliff? Right. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, the difference now, like I said, you know, um, a lot of times, it, like I look at guys in front of me, and I was always pushing that guy in front of me to take his job. Whereas guys now, well, hey, he's going to be a star. I'm just sitting here and do what I got to do and collect this check. It's more about collecting. It's, it's, it's more than just collecting a check. It's about loving what you do 
and being the best at what you do. You know, a lot of us, a lot of people can't play ball. A lot of people can't even uh, um, fathom even what it's like to be a pro player. Just because you got there, don't stop working. A lot of guys get there, they stop working. And, and, and you're right because I know when I got to Philly, I felt I made it. I stopped working hard because I did all that work to get there, but I, I, I stopped. You know why is that? Because we do that. You know, we relax, or do we just feel? I mean, I thought well, you get content. You know, like I say, everybody put emphasis on getting to the league, and they forget about the emphasis of staying in the league. Because when you're young, you, you know, you you think about it. You play five years in the league, or four years. Say you play your first contract. Your first contract is four years. Mm-hmm. You're 21, 22. By the time you're 26, 27. You're still a young man in the world, but uh, you know. I mean, you're, you're a young boy in a world. In a sport, you may be older, but in 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 the world, real world, you're just a little boy, just just starting, just starting off. So I tell guys in here, if you want to, if you want to make a career out of it, make a career out of it. If you just want to play in the league, then you know, get there and be satisfied. But make sure you have something going on, on the side, so when you finish, you can migrate too. Yes, I, want, I want to give you a compliment right now because um, I'm, I'm a big-time Bulls fan, you know. Came out, you know, when, y'all, when you guys played. You know what I'm But I, I, I'm not kidding you. Michael Jordan excited me on the court and all that stuff, but every time I looked on the bench, you, I mean, you was, you was the core of that, you know that? Because you, you had so much energy and excitement. Am I wrong or right? You well, yeah, you know what? Because, you know, I was passionate about what I did. Um, you know, I was part of... of, of of a unique um, organization, a unique fraternity, which is basketball players. And I got a chance to play with some of the greatest guys in the world. So why wouldn't I be excited and happy about it? You know, a lot of guys, I mean, I I tell this to guys all the time because I coach. Just because you're on the bench does not mean you're an important part to the team. The whole thing about being a sub is – you got to understand what sub means. It's temporary. So when I get when I get a chance to go to the game, I'm going to be in there temporary. I'm going to make the best out of that little moment I got, and then wait for my next chance to to go back out there again. You're temporary. Basically, you're giving the guys a breather that that's in front of you. All right, you're going to do your job and come back and sit down and be ready for the next time. I always look forward to that next time, not, dang, i got to come out of the game. I'm not going to get back in the game. No, I look forward to, man, I can't wait till I get another chance. I, I'm, I'm going to do this. So I'm focusing on the game and what's going on. So when I do get in there, I'm not lost, and I understand what I need to do to stay on the floor. A lot of guys be on the bench, you know, pouting and thinking about everything else. And, you know, the coach don't like me. Uh, he's playing favoritism. Oh, I'm looking at. What can I do to get in the game and stay longer the next time? That's that's what the joy everybody saw in me. They looked at, the, they said, "Well, man, he's always excited." No, I was excited about getting a chance to go back in the game. That's what I was excited about. <laughs> yeah, that's weird you said that because I mean, uh, a lot of people dealing with this. Oh, wow, why can't I get in? Oh, he took me out through some every time. I mean, if, I don't know if you watched it, but they always had the camera on you, and there there was not a frown. On your face, and you always jump to come with timeouts and come. I mean, 
I have to admit, I mean, because how you, how you just, I mean, like you say, you said, but, man, you never was down. I mean, even Well, you know what, though? It, it was it was always, when, when when coaches see you excited and always ready to go, they don't have a second thought of putting you in. But when a coach looks down the bench and see guys frowning, pouting, then he's like, Dang, i got to ride my stars a little bit longer. He, he don't have that confidence. And I tell guys about everything. Sports is about a perception. It's all perception. You know, um, if, if you're playing against somebody and they proceed to be tired, you get energized. When when you play against that guy, he like he never. I was like, dang, does he ever stop? Be like, man, I'm I'm ready to quit. But most of the guys quit. Yeah. I was always one of those guys who I will make you quit before I quit. So you when you look at me, you be like, man, does this dude ever get tired? Does this dude ever stop working? Nope, because I'm a, I'm gonna make you quit before I quit. And that's part of the that's part of the mental game of 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 sports. You have to get in that person's head mentally. If I can get yeah. your head mentally, I I got I got a step up on you, and you know, with me, like I said, me being able to play basketball with some of the greatest guys, I was happy about that already. Now a chance to get on the floor, I relish that. I was relishing that was those times. I mean, I mean, I mean, you look at um, just players like um, the guy for the Knicks. I can't think of his name offhand. Uh, number eight, always out. Oh, you're talking about uh, with the tattoos? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you're talking about. I'm gonna tell you his name before we finish talking. But yeah, I mean, and and then also, you know, it's a it's a mind game with the referees. Yeah. <laughs> if the referee, you always frowning and always in his ear, you always barking at him. He's gonna hold. He's gonna end up getting a deaf ear to you. I smile at him and say, man, you missed that call. Come on now. You, you know better than that. Come on. You can see that better. Next time he'll think about, he probably right. I probably did miss it. Nobody want to be told that they're wrong and somebody bitch at them and they know they're wrong. If you come to somebody, you know, a little softer, you know, look here. Come on, man. You, you got you to gotta watch that a little bit better. You know, that wasn't even a call. The next time you get the benefit of the doubt. I tell, guys, I tell young kids that all the time. Don't get all huffy and puffy with the referees because you know what, though? If you turn them against you, you never get a call. Cliff, with the younger kids, I mean, uh, I, I, my model was uh, Reggie White. He was the hardest guy I saw with football. On the field, I mean, after practice, he still worked. And those, who was the hardest person you think that was? I mean, just worked just all out, you know. I mean, I know we say Michael, but who else do you think? I, I would say the hardest guy who played worked out the hardest and kept kept on the grind the the most uh that I played against or played, you know, in at my era was Dennis Rodman. You know, you can say whatever you want to say about Dennis. You know, he was doing this, he's doing that, but I'm gonna tell you one thing, you're never gonna get a person that's gonna work harder than he did at his craft. You know, um people forget Dennis Rodman was averaging twenty nine in college. He was a scorer in college. He was a shooter in college. Well, when you get to a team like the Pistons, when you got Isaiah Thomas, Vinnie Johnson, Bill Lambeer, John Long, um, you know, where are you going to get a chance to shoot the ball at? So what Dennis did was he worked on rebounding and defense. That gave him a whole career. He rebounded and played defense. 
And then he, he knew that in order to play defense, you got to be in shape. He worked out before practice and then after practice. That's how he stayed in shape, and that's how he stayed at the top of his game. A lot of guys, as soon, soon as practice over, they're looking to find a way to get, go have some fun, do this. Dennis, was, he, he understood his craft and, and really honed in on what he needs to do to stay on that court. Wow, uh, I know. I've seen him uh, um, play, and i just like, man, he runs up and down the court. I mean, you never see him loaf for night, you know, Dennis Robin. You know, he get in somebody and jump up and run down the other end, you know. That's amazing if I could do that. Well, you know what? Like I said, when you when you when you put yourself put yourself in position to do that, you know, conditioning wise, you can do that all day long, and that's what he did. He made sure that he was in top condition to be able to do that. And you know, and, and people just think, well, it's the game. No, it wasn't game. It was it was the stuff that you guys didn't see him doing uh, after practice. You know, um, even uh, even even after the games. You know, you look at some of the best shooters in the, in the NBA. Those guys get to practice early, get shots up. They shoot during practice, and they shoot after practice. The great, the great shooters, they do that. They're going to make sure that they get their shots in, and they're going to get better and better because they're going to understand their, their craft and what they're, what they're there for. A lot of these kids, like I said, they get to the gym just before it's time to go to work out, work out, Leave, and then nothing else afterwards. We'll take another break. We'll come back. We'll talk more NBA. I got questions on it. We'll talk about LeBron. What you think about all that in the league? Chris. But if you're looking for a Brook or DMC, like we say, I'll go get Deborah Caller. Woody Brook, DMC, Naperville. In Naperville, Deborah can be reached at 6575 Get in, get your car. Big deal. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
you're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is your host, James Loving, Loving That Sports Talk, and my guest, this Livingston Toothpaste Tempers dealt with the Chicago Bulls. We still here, right, Cliff? Yes, I'm here. I am here in living color. I told you I'm here. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Make it happen. Well, Chris, we got a guest on the line. Lisa from Colorado. You know, Lisa? Hi, guys. Um, Cliff, just to kind of change things up a little bit, um, I want to talk about Becky Hammond. About who? And, uh, Becky Hammond. The, uh, with, with the... She just got hired with the Spurs uh-huh. as an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. And as a former player, um, my, my question is, being, being a player um, or a coach, can she be respected? Can the players respect her? Can the other coaches respect her? You know, I, I just want to know how, or how that's going to work. Well, to me, um, it all depends on how she carries herself. Um, if she carries herself... With, with 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 a lot of knowledge of the game, technical side of it, where you know guys can understand and see it, I think she can go a long way. But if she's in there for, you know, uh, I mean, they say she's very she's a very good coach, but if she's there and because of politics and stuff like that, it's not going to last. You know, guy, the players will see through it. Players won't give her the time of day. And, you know, she has to build a rapport with the players and have trust and confidence uh, from the players, from the players knowing that she knows what she's talking about and that she is for them opposed to for management. So do you think because, the, because they're hiring someone and if it goes over well, do you foresee other teams doing the same? Oh yeah, I mean NBA is. A, if you notice, they follow the trend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever works, they do it. it like I said, when when LeBron and 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 well, first it start off with with uh, Kevin Gar- Kevin uh, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and and Paul Pierce. Everybody migrated stars to one team, so then everybody started trying to migrate players to team because they were successful with it. If anything is successful, you, you try to follow. You try to right. you try to emulate. And, and try to find some kind of um, some kind of success within what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. That answers my question. You are quite welcome. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that was good. I mean, Cliff, I mean, I was going to talk about that, too. You know, um, they're starting to see the trend of bringing women in. And I think that's good because... They are knowledgeable to the game too, reckless. Well, you know what though, they're knowledgeable and they see a technical side because you know I I coach I, I I teach and train men and female, you know, a male and female. And one thing I've learned about the females is, you show them something technically, they're going to do it technically that way. Guys want to throw their own flavor, their own hot sauce on it, and try to jazz it up a little bit. Well, the girls are going to keep it the way you, you show them how to do it, and if it's going to work, they will stay with it that way. You know, they'll throw a little flair on it, but not much. And, and 
with her with with the female's perspective of the game is it's basically back to old like San Antonio traditional tennis San Antonio style. It's going to be um, fundamentally and technically right, and that's where she she's in a good position for that because a lot of the guys are trying to understand the technical and the fundamental side of the game to be successful. Where you know uh, in San Antonio, that's what gets that's what gets them over the hump. You know they're not they're not the fastest team, they're not the most athletic team, but you know what though, they're the most technically sound and fundamentally uh, sound team in the league. Why aren't we having more of those WMA women um, on prime time? I mean, I've been through some games. I think they can ball, and you know they're not getting the respect. Is it because the numbers of the fans or the money they generate? It's you know what though, it's a little both. I mean, the money that they generate, it's like anything else. We throw money behind something that's successful or something that's going well. You know, if you remember back in the early days of the WNBA, there were money thrown at them, there was fans out there wazoo, and as it got people got used to it, they just dwindled off. Um the the novelty of it wore off. Whereas you go to other countries and these girls are making three times the money they make in the WNBA because they respect the the game. In America it's it's macho. Everything is macho and a lot of guys ain't going to watch the girls' games. Just put you know, put it like that. But a fan will go watch the sport. Not who's playing, but the sport. And uh, overseas, there's a lot of fans, and opposed to people who are just watching the sport. Well, let's talk about that. You played overseas. They respect the sport more, or the, the game. I mean, do they? Respect, you know what I'm saying? Do, does that make sense? You know what? Though they res- they they respect. It's it's more of um, the mentality over there. It's it's club. It's called a club. It's like a fraternities. Basically, that's what it is. Fraternities like college. I I I equate European um, basketball to um, part pro, part college, because where your family grew up at this club, you're going to be that. You're going to grow up in that club. Uh-huh. That's the way basketball used to be back in the day. You know, you went, you know, uh, before you know, you had your, your Celtics fans. They were strictly Celtics fans. They didn't care about the Lakers. They don't care who was playing on the Lakers. They didn't care about the Magic Johnson. It was their team. That's what it's like overseas. It's still like that. It's they follow their club and the players that play for their club and the love of going to the games and cheering for their their, their club. You know, um, it's 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 the craziest thing. You know, I'm I'm I talk to people from Greece all the time. I've only played in Greece one year, but they act like my whole career was there, and they they talk about it like it was yesterday. And I'm like, wow, that was like 20 some years ago. But it's like they keep me up on that pedestal because I play for that club, and that club is like the world to them. They grew up in it. You know, they're born in it. They grew up in it, and they're gonna their kids are gonna grow up in it, and and it's just it's crazy. I know. Uh, well, I played over in London, 
But the thing about that is, like you say, I mean, they are so excited because they don't see much of them. I mean, is there players just as great as ones over here in America? Um, in a different way. You know, I, I, there's, there's all kind of basketball, and I've, I've learned that as I go, as I grew up. There's different styles of basketball played throughout the world. Even, even if you look at the United States, East Coast ball is different from West Coast ball. Midwest ball is different from Southern ball. It's just the way it's played. Um, you know, you can look, you look, you can look at some, some, some street ball legends in New York, and they'd be legends in New York, but you take them out to California, they wouldn't even be, they wouldn't even be seen. I mean, it wouldn't be like, yeah, okay, all right, okay. But you take a and same thing. You take a, a a kid out of California, who's a legend. He plays up and down, and then New York ball is different. He wouldn't shine. So, I would say European ball. There's talent, but the best talent is in the in, in the NBA. Why do I mean? It's almost like football go to Canada. You know, same thing. But why do I mean? Is the money better if you go there just because? I mean. Overseas? Yeah. I see. I mean, a lot of players like to go over there and play, but it's not because of the talent. Is it the money better? Well, the, I mean, it's like, yeah, it is. The money is, you know, the money is good. I mean, especially at, at the twilight of your career. You see you at the end of your career, you know, um, in the NBA. All right, you're not going to make no more no more better money. You've already got the accolades. You've you got the resume built. You go over across the water somewhere new, they're going to pay you. Because of all the things you've done and all the things you've you've seen throughout your career, they're paying for the name, opposed to um, paying for the talent. You know, and then you know you can go over there. And you can and you, they're only they're really playing two times a week overseas. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, you play two times a week. You play twice a week. So in the NBA, you're playing you're playing four to five times a week. So you go over there, your career is rejuvenated. You don't you don't play as much, so that means your body gets a little more rest, and you look good still doing it. Whereas you bring guys from overseas, and they come over here midway through the season, a lot of them beat up, and they they tired. Okay, hold on, get it. I don't want to get you off before we start talking. Everybody on LeBron, greatest player in the world. Do you mm-hmm. see that stuff? Do I see the greatest player in the world now? They said that's LeBron. Do you agree with that? I agree. I think I think he's the best player right now in the NBA. Yes, I do. I do. And, uh-huh. and let, let me just say this: all the people who hate on LeBron, I don't understand why they hate on the young man because of what he did when he went to Miami. Everybody's like up in arms about that, but. But but there's what's really not said is he made a million dollars for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Ohio. When he did that, ESPN paid him paid them that much money to do that show like that, and then ESPN turned around and flipped it on him, and kept him as the villain, so they can sell ratings. It's ratings. It's all about good and bad. And I just hate that that people were so against him trying to win a championship. When basically that's what we play this game for, we play this game to win to win titles. He just saw that he could not get a title in in Cleveland. 
Everybody said, well, Michael Jordan didn't have to go nowhere else. But you know what? you got to remember, the talent was a lot more talent back then than it was now for Michael Jordan to, get, to win a championship. You know, um, Michael brought players to him. Yes, he did. LeBron couldn't bring players to him because who want to play in Cleveland? Right. I mean, it's like you got Chicago, Cleveland, hmm, L.A., or Boston. Those are great cities to play in. So people want to play in those cities. But a Cleveland? Come on now. Trying to get, you know, you, he got Shaq there. Yes, he did. He got Shaq there, and they almost did it. One, they, you know, they were in contentions. But Cleveland didn't have enough money to really pay players to come there and win a championship. So he had to go elsewhere, which makes sense for him to go to, to Miami, won the championships. And I, and I told people this. Two years ago, he's going to opt out of his last year of contract and go back to Cleveland because he loves Ohio. He really loves his, his, his state. He loves Akron. I mean, he likes the Cleveland, he loves, loves the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I knew he was going to go back. You know, I was like, I was happy that he went back. I was happy that him and Dan Gilbert patched things up. And, you know, everybody's like, well, why can't you go play for a man who said these things about you? People say things when they're hurt. I mean, you look at you look at relationships. People hurt in relationships. They say things, but they still love that person. But it just happens. And you know, him going back to Cleveland now has brought economy back up in Cleveland. He brought the team back to respectability. He's brought a whole slew of fans to Cleveland to watch the Cleveland Cavaliers once again. I commend the young man. Yeah, you're right. People say things when they're hurt. You can't take it back. So right. All you can do is move on like they did and, you know, hey, let's make this, like you say, a business. And I know it's a business. And let's, you know, do it that way with LeBron and the owner, right? Yeah, LeBron, it is a business. Like I said, bottom line is he took money out of Gilbert's pocket. He didn't like that. Bottom line, that's all it was. He took a lot of money out of his pocket. When he left, he took the whole economy with him when he left out of Cleveland. Now he's back. Comedy's back right. His pocket's right. Well, I'm going to throw this at you. You know about Carmelo Anthony? Over there in New York. Okay. You think but Carmelo didn't, didn't, Carmelo didn't make New York New York. <laughs> New York is part York. of New York. <laughs> Whereas LeBron makes Cleveland. He makes Ohio. It's a big difference in there. Um, Carmelo was, to me, when coming out of school, I thought Carmelo was going to be a better pro than, than LeBron. I really did. I wasn't a LeBron fan myself. He won me over. And Carmelo has lost me. Because Carmelo is about Carmelo, and LeBron is about team, and that's what I like about LeBron. He's about teams. He's unselfish to a fault at times. But, you know, Carmelo is about, I mean, you look at Denver. Denver had a good thing going. They brought him Carmelo. They were playing well, but then he got about, it got to be about Carmelo, and that changed the whole slope of the whole uh, team, and everything started going downwards. New York was on an upswing. They brought in Carmelo, then went back on a downswing. And to Carmelo Spreads the wealth and not make it so much about him. New York, New York's gonna be the same New York 
everybody's wishing and hoping that this is their year. Ask me, is this fair to say? Cut me off if I'm, I'm saying something wrong. But, you know, I watch Chicago. I know you've been there and played. You know, I didn't think Chicago would be Chicago still, like you say. When Michael drive that lane and he passed that ball off to Paxton to know that, you know, it's about the other player, that's when you're a team. Am I right? You're, you're correct there. It's like, it's like knowing you can depend on your teammates when and if you need them. We knew Michael was, you know, what Michael was going to do every time. Right. But you know what, though? We always made sure we put ourselves in position. In case he dropped it off to us, we can finish and make him look good. That was all about. You know, you got he had faith in, in giving us the ball at that time to finish. That, that's, that's knowing your teammates and understanding your teammates and having faith in your teammates. And, and that's what I don't see him in the Carmelo. I don't see him. I think it's like it's all about him. He wants to try and do everything, you know? Well, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the superstar that everyone has built in him is, you know, you can do it all, Carmelo. You can do it by yourself. You don't need nobody else. But the last time I checked, I've never seen 1v5 in anything. Never right. seen that. How, how, I, I, I take that back. I, see, I, I take that back. In a horse race. You bet those horses too, huh? Huh? I mean, you bet those horses too, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we definitely got to talk offline. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, let's, let's get, you know, um, Steph, I mean, we talked about all the other guys in the NBA, you know, and I like to talk to the younger guys. You know, and I see you, like I said, I see you energetically, you're the bitch. How can you tell somebody that, you know, I mean, if you go to a school like a USC, you know, you fourth on the depth side, but you're great like the other. How you tell them to keep their spirit up? I mean, because you have to wait behind, no matter how hard you practice or how hard you play, you know, if you don't get in the game. But you're still not getting up there getting that chance. How can you keep that intensity? What would you tell them, you know? Like I tell everybody else. It's greater later. And what I mean by that is you work your butt off now, it pays off down the road. Whether it's on the court or off the court, you put the work in now, it's going to be greater later. So you, you saying just keep doing what you're doing and sooner or later you get the chance? Oh, yeah. You, you keep doing what you're doing. Keep grinding, keep busting your butt off. Because down the road, it's going to be easier. It's going to be all the stuff you've seen that you were going through then. You're going to be like, oh, I, I've seen. Oh, I don't know what I need to do on this. I need, I need to do this. I need to do that. And then it's going to happen a lot. It's going to flow a little bit better for you. But if you, if you give up now, when it comes down later on down the road, you're going to give up again. And you're never going to get to where you're trying to go to. You'll never accomplish your goals. If it was, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. And there wouldn't be no stars. Yeah. What was your goal, Seth? I mean, you was at Wichita State. Was your goal to play in India, or were you just, you know? Honestly, I never thought about playing the NBA. Really? <laughs> uh, I, my thing was, I, I, I went to school to get a college scholarship. That's why I was trying to play basketball, to get a college scholarship, to take a burden off my mother. After I got to the, uh, got to, uh, Wichita State, then I said, maybe I can play NBA. Then my goal was to play four years in the NBA. Accomplished that. 
Then my goal was to win a championship. Then I won that. Then my goal was to play at least 10 years in the league. But first it was 10 years, then to win a championship. And I accomplished all of them. But if you look at the whole, if I look at the NBA, if I look at right from when I first started, well, I'm going to play in the NBA, I'm going to I'm I'm win a championship, I'm going to play 10 years. That's a big, that's a big nut to swallow. Yeah. But if I cut it down into smaller pieces, each mini goal I, I obtain, I get satisfaction out of it. So that's how I, I tell guys, even playing the game, you break the game up. When you're playing the game, you break the game up. So in, in, in at certain times, you got to have a certain amount of points, so many rebounds at certain parts of the game. And at the end of the game, when you look at it all, you have a, a, a complete game. You know, um, you know. like I said, I, I look to make, I look to try to get a college scholarship, and I try to look to get an NBA to play four years, to play ten years, to win a championship, and boom, it all happened because I had a lot of mini goals along the way. You know, and, and, and when I teach guys about how to how to maintain averages when you're playing, the game is in four quarters. If you want to average twelve a game, all you have to do is get three pass three points a quarter, and you have twelve points at the end of the night. Hmm. What, what, what you found is you set many goals, and when you hit those goals, you check it off and go to the next. You check it off and you make another goal. That's, 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 I mean, I never even thought about that. Tell them kids, you know, I tell them you don't make all your goals. What you said is check one and do that. We'll go to the next. Right? Well, you know, it's like this. Sometimes you may not be able to make that goal, but you know, if you're trying to get that goal, your, your ultimate goal is there. But along the way, if you achieve things along the way. You can look back and say, you know what, though? I did a lot in my life trying to obtain that goal. You know, it was told to me, you reach, uh, reach, for the, reach for the moon, but along the way you'll catch a lot of stars. Oh, wow. Uh, you always tell me you never fail, you know? That way you never fail. Right. You've always succeed, succeeded along the way. Uh-huh. Well, i got to ask you. What was your best moment at the Bulls? I mean, I know you played, got the championship, but something funny that happened there. I mean, you know, you guys were in Chicago, all over the world. I mean, there was millions of people watching y'all every night. What was your best memories there? Playing basketball? Uh, it don't have to be basketball. I mean, it could be, you know, off the court, you know, in the restaurant or, you know. Well, you know what, though? One thing I, I had, I had, I was fortunate enough to have um, a high school coach who nurtured me and put me on the path to succeed, and he put people in my in my path to help me grow and understand. It was um, a guy by the name of Caldwell Jones. He was my mentor when I was in high school. He played with the San Diego Conquistadors in the ABA. Okay. And he told me one day, he said, you know what, one day you're going to be doing what I do. I do it because I love it. And all I ask from you is to reach down and you help somebody else up. I'll never forget that. And my coach in that same week said to me one day, he said he held a basketball up in one hand and a book in the other. He said, see this basketball right here? This basketball will take you around the world and back. But see this book right here? 
you can't get to nowhere around the world if you don't know what you're looking at. And I, you know, I talk to him. I I, I talk to him all the time regularly, and I, I thank him because he instilled in me something that I can never repay him is to work hard and to accomplish your goals if you know what your what, you, what your goals are. You have to know where you're trying to go to get to where you're going. And, you know, I talk to him all the time, and I just thank him because, I mean, basketball has taken me around the world and back. It has. It's done, I mean, it's done a whole lot for me. And it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for him. And that's my biggest memories about basketball and life is my high school coach. The people he put in my life, the, the stories he told me that he would say, it's not going to make sense to you now, but down the road you're going to say, ah, man, that's what he meant. Those are things that I just cherish all, all the time. Well, look, so you, you're right, because that's the same thing I feel is in my life. You know, down the road, it, it added up to what was going to happen, you know, the great things that you put forth and work hard to now it's paying off, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I've been all over the world, and I mean, I looked at it like, man, this is why that happened. <laughs> so you right. And look, and I look at too, and people don't understand it, but I get to meet great people like you guys, you know, and just to get the knowledge of some other things that you don't know that you can learn. So, well, like I said, I, I like to, I, I just know I'm I'm a I'm a blessed person, and you know I try to help as many people as I can along the way, you know, with with understanding, you know, one simple thing in life. If you don't do anything else in life but do this, you look at a negative and you find two positive in that negative, you'll always stay ahead. Well, Cliff, um, next time we have you on the show, let's take callers for the whole show. Um, is that okay with you? That would be great with me. I, I would love to answer questions and, and talk to people and, and just you know, give them a little bit of knowledge that I know. I want to thank you again for being on the show, Cliff. Hey, great having you. It was great. It's great being on your show. All right. We'll be <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.